back into Tim's Corner Live. This is episode number two, and we are ready to get back at it one more time. And we're we're a three uh, party here tonight to start off this show. Denver Magic, you saw last week. My name is Tim Terry, and Dylan Langell is here tonight to uh, handle all your social media questions, comments, concerns, because we've got a stack show. Uh, we'll start with Dylan. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for whatever they're going to throw at you tonight? I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm trained enough on social media to go through four pages, but I'm going to try. So thank you all for tuning in here. And uh, you guys did a great job last week and uh, looking forward to the big show coming up tonight. Excited to have you along. So are, are you dazzling Dylan tonight? Demo Dylan? Do we have, did Mike James give you a nickname before we came on here tonight? That is Hall of Famer dazzling yes. Demo Dylan. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Denver Magic is with us again tonight in Denver. Uh, we got some big news later on tonight that uh, concerns the street stocks. If you're watching us, welcome in. Uh, we're going to have that in the second half of the show with Robbie McLean. We've got Richard Salter, our winner from the uh, Sydney Speedway Winter Blast Enduro. And uh, coming up in just a few moments, we've got Craig Slomway. What are you most excited for tonight, Denver? Uh, what is there not to be excited about? I think, you know, last week's first episode was phenomenal. Uh, this week, Nothing against Brent Rory and uh, Jeffrey Breen, but we got another good show lined up. It's going to be, uh, last week's a tough act to follow, but uh, it's in good shape tonight. But I mean, the announcement you alluded to, we've been, uh, that's been the worst kept secret maybe in maritime racing so far in uh, the 2020-2021 <laughs> offseason, but uh, it's it's finally set to come out and I know I'm excited. There, there's a lot to be excited for. So uh, excited to see the reaction to this one and, uh, you know, they're going to hear it live here. Uh, and, you know, about an hour's time on TCM Live. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to target around an 8.45 or so release of that once we get Robbie McLean on here. So, uh, and we've got some stories, of course, to share with Robbie. It's going to be a fun hour and, and change. Glad you're with us. Uh, we are interactive, as we mentioned. If you are watching us, whether you're watching us on the Tim's Corner Motorsports Facebook page, you're watching us on Scotia Speed World Maritime Pro Stock Tour. Uh, we've got a couple of connections with some of our guests tonight to those uh, two sanctions. So we want to welcome all their fans in. Uh, if you're watching us on Bidane TV, of course, Showtime, Paul Strickland Jr. is with us doing the production tonight. Uh, drop us a comment. Uh, let us know where you're watching from. And if you got any questions, comments, concerns, excitement for the season, uh, what are your thoughts heading into the 2021 season? Our question of the night, uh, we released it on Friday. Uh, since we have the uh, Oyster Bed Speedway owner on here and with the, the schedule just came out, the question is, who is your favorite PEI racing personality, past or present? So uh, drop your comments there as well. And uh, Mr. Dazzling Demo Hall of Fame, Dylan, will uh, we'll pick them up. So uh, a lot, lot, sure of Brent, lot of Brent Roy fans in the uh, comment section for whatever reason right now. He's Brent old. Roy, he's, is there, is there only one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought there was only one of those, though. Uh, no, there was only one of his fans. <laughs> well, the, whoever the one fan is likes to comment a lot. Oh, well, that's, that's good, at least. At least there is one. I know Barry Richard is watching. He's going to do our, our sound engineering from the other side. But I think looking at, at everything that we have here, I think everything uh, is good. But uh, while we do that, we're going to get ready to uh, bring in our first guest of the evening. And he is the driver of the number 99 car on the Parts or Trucks Pro Stock Tour. Uh, one of those drivers, one of the familiar faces to racing here in Atlantic Canada, and we are pleased to welcome in the driver of the 99, Craig Slomway. Craig, welcome in to Tim's Corner Live. Thank you, bud. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's something new that we're doing, but I know every we asked a couple of fans who they want to see on the show, and Craig Slomway's name kept popping up. So uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, how's your winter been so far? It's been all right. We need more snow so we can get snowmobiling a little more. But well, you get the cover off the boat back there, don't you? 
<laughs> the cover's off the boat. Yeah, we could be a little cold right now to go in the in the harbor and the boat. But so last year, obviously, we got a little bit of racing in, not as much as we wanted to. Only got a couple of races in on the tour. You did some racing in New Brunswick. Uh, uh, walk us through your 2020 season for those that uh, might not have been following along closely. How'd the 99 do? And and what uh, what were you wanting more of in, in 2020? 2020, well, man, geez, I guess that was quite a year for everybody. Um, none of us knew we were even going to get racing, and then all of a sudden we're going racing. So it was, uh, it was kind of a year of uncertainty for everybody. Um, it was a year for me that we we're really looking forward to because I had – the new new sponsor their presidential ventilation stepped on big time to be uh, the quarter sponsor for last year and kind of you know never really got i guess the full publicity out of uh out of the the deal that they would have out of a normal pro stock tour year um but our season and i mean we raced all the petty shows and went to 660 once for the 250 um I mean, it was, it was, uh, I didn't mind the year, to be honest with you. It gave, it gave a summer first time in 20 years that I've never point raced, um, which was very different. Had time to drive the boat, uh, had weekends off. Um, and then we still got that taste of racing. So, um, we were back in the old car to start last year off, um, it's been a solid old piece. I got it in 2014 or something like that, I believe, and kind of looked forward to to getting back to, you know, that car could go to the racetrack and finish third kind of any, any given week. And everybody just got a little bit better. So we were fourth, I think we were fifth, fourth, and then had issues the, the other uh, geez, what were we? I think we were running third and a coil went in Halifax for the 250. Running third, got turned, second or third, and got turned at, at 660. Um, just, you know, normal racing, normal racing things when you when you, when you want to do uh, well, that's some stuff bound to happen like that. So, and you touched on the, the, the race car with presidential ventilation on board, but uh when you look back at that car you did a little bit different with the paint scheme too because that thing looked really sharp yeah it was the first time I, I was always dead against the the whole wrap thing because of maintenance um but mike wanted to do a wrap and i kind of went yeah all right well let's let's do the wrap make it different for presidential that was coming on board and um just change the scheme around a little and i mean it, it, it looked phenomenal in my opinion um yeah no it was uh it was it was decent and for those that uh might not know i guess we can we can drop a little bit of the secret now that car is no longer in the shop is it no no that car moved on to uh well, i believe everybody knows jordan vino uh worked a deal with me and he's gonna he's gonna pilot that machine from here on out i guess so what is well you told me earlier it's not in your shop but it's in your possession what did you uh acquire over the winter yeah we got uh, jonathan's car the five car theory so it's uh as much as i want to go snowmobile and i want may to be here too <laughs> <laughs> now obviously changing car manufacturers and and you you've been through that before where you've got brand new race cars or new to you race cars and you've had to change what's the what's the biggest difference you're going to find you think as a driver because you haven't had the thing out yet have you 
I actually drove it um, about midway through last summer. Andrew and I got talking and, um, you know, I wanted to make a lap in, in a fury. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I think he wanted me to get in one too. And then I hopped in it one night after slugging at my car for three or four hours. Thought I had my car, you know, somewhat decent for Petty. This was a Friday night Petty open practice. And uh, anyways, I slugged on mine for a while, ended up um, getting it to where we thought we needed to be. And it was getting dark. And Andrew said, why don't you hop in this thing? So I hopped in Jonathan's. Um, couldn't see over the steering wheel. I was looking through the wheel. Couldn't get, couldn't, couldn't get the... I wasn't comfortable in it. Couldn't get it all the way to the floor. So made, uh, went out and made, you know, a couple slow laps or whatever, just to kind of get the feel of it. Loosen my belt, my uh, ass to go down in the seat so I could get it to the floor. Made kind of, you know, I think I made five laps. It was, it was getting dark at that time. And you know, it went, I went a 10th quicker each lap. And when I come off the racetrack within five laps, not being comfortable, I think I was, three tenths faster than what I was in my own car so I kind of in the pits and kind of you know Andrew just looked at me smiled and said how was that and uh so well I should probably just pack up my car now and go home so it was eye-opening really for me um it was the point of it was the point of uh giving up racing because uh, I wasn't, I'm not interested in going to the racetrack anymore and running for 10th and hoping to get fifth and, you know, those top five guys crash, maybe you'll get a win. Well, I'm not interested in that anymore. So it was, it was basically, this is probably it for us if we can't make things happen. And uh, Presidential and Archibald drilling and blasting kind of at the, at the end of last year said, let's, let's basically go all in. So with my contribution to selling the old car those two guys picked up the slack and and we've got the five car so hoping for big things man i've hoped for big things going into a season many a times now and it's it's actually come back and and kind of bit me in the ass um so do i do i i have high expectations absolutely i do uh, like like everyone does um but at the end of the day, I just want to, I want to go out there. I want to drive a car that, that I felt. Um, and I feel like I have a chance to win just the same as Jonathan did um, in that car from, from what I felt. So get myself comfortable in it, learn it, um, hope for the best. We talked about you going with different teams and everybody has those connections per se that kind of help uh get along with the race car adjustments, what have you, you mentioned Andrew Hick and, and King racing, how big of a help have they been along with the Peoria program to, to kind of help you over the winter to get this thing ready to go? Yeah. I mean, um, we've all been busy over the winter. So the car, when, when I went down, you know, we had, we had a couple of real good conversations. Um, the car sits right now at my boy, at chain shop, um, sitting there ready to roll literally got to bolt my seat in and take it back to Andrew to get it scaled. Um, and then we're going to spend a couple of days going over everything. We're going to spend a couple of days at the racetrack. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be a, a good deal. I, I mean, we're all hoping for, for great things. 
Yeah, and, and hoping that the, the schedule kind of returns to normal. We'll touch on that in just a bit. But uh, we mentioned we're live and interactive. So if you have a question for Craig Sloan White, uh, drop it down in the comments and uh, hit the share button to let, uh, let your friends know you're listening to some bench racing, watching some bench racing here on a Monday night with uh, Tim's Corner Live. And uh, Dylan, who do we have for, uh, what do we have for comments, questions? Who do we have uh, on social today? Well, we're a little right, light right now, I should say. So don't be shy. We're an open book here. But uh, Tim Dean asked, uh, will there be a new car this year, Craig? And you just somewhat announced that. A new to you car. That's going to be pretty cool, though, that you're going to have a new ride. And it's uh, shown a lot of success, especially at Petty. Right, right, Craig? Yeah. I mean, the, yep. Jonathan's piloted to uh, a fair amount of feature wins. So um, I'm not Jonathan Hicken. But at the end of the day, I think... Uh, from what I felt in that race car, I, I feel confident. <laughs> you've you've got a, a resume, though. You've got the 250 wins, uh, one in uh, Speedway 660, one at the Cat 250 weekend. You, you've got an extended distance race win in Shediac at the Atlantic Championships. Uh, you got Shriners Classic wins. You got Sportsman Championships, a bunch of Maritime Pro Stock Tour wins. Uh, when we add it down to the resume, what's what's next? You want to click off that uh, the checklist? I want a championship before I pack it in. I mean, that's my, that's my big thing. Um, I, I've probably got three, I've probably got three big things, I guess you could say. Um, the 250 in Anaganish, that's the only 250 that I haven't won. Um, I have not won in PEI. That's the only racetrack I have not won in, in the Maritimes that the Maritime Pro Stock Tour goes to. And obviously a championship. And and I would, going into 40 years old and all these young fellows that are so damn good, um, it's going to be a hard, hard feat, but I'm hoping the schedule goes back to a full-time schedule. I mean, who knows right now with the times, but that is, that is, that is a very big goal. I'd like to get back to Oxford to redeem myself from a couple of years ago. Um, I was, I was actually in Oxford, you know, saying that I was in Oxford probably, I think it was 2000, what was 2013, the cat 250 win after that. Um, I actually went to Oxford with Andrew and Rolly and we had, we had a real good car there. Um, and Andrew knows how to get around that place. So, um, looking forward to getting back to the U S I'm looking forward to getting to, to Oxford to, to redeem, redeem myself from a couple years ago and we didn't make it in the 250. So you mentioned being the, I don't want to say old guy cause 40 is not old, but uh, the one of the older guys on, on this series, you know, John Fleming's kind of scaled back. Donald Chisholm scaled back. Uh, Wayne Smith is retired. You know, you go on that list. Of Sean Tucker's kind of coming back part time sort of deal. Uh, what's it feel like to kind of relish that role when, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when you joined the tour, you were you were one of those young guns. Yeah, I mean, man, being the young gun, we won races. <laughs> the young guns are winning races. Um I don't know. I just, I got to, uh, it's fun. I enjoy being the elder. Uh, hang on. Let me rephrase that. No, I don't like being the elder, <laughs> but being, um, I guess a veteran on the tour. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've been around a long time. I've been, I think I'm going into my, what am I going into? 13th year on the tour, maybe 13, 14, something like that something like that. 2008 was my rookie year. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I want to beat these kids. I want to do what Jonathan did. I do. I, I want to redeem myself. I want to win races. 
Um, I think we can still get it done with what I've got going on with the team, with the team I currently have, um, with getting, getting involved with, um, with Andrew and Roley and King and Jonathan works for, uh, King now and just kind of, you know, it's, it's just, it seems like, it seems like it's just coming together for me. Jonathan, Jonathan went on a bad run. Um, and then they, and then they built this car and, and he essentially went out on top and I'm not saying that I'm ready to go out yet. Cause I'm not, um, well, ever my sponsors are there, my guys want to help. I think I'm, I'm wanting to continue, but I want to win. You know, just like anybody, I, I've, I've been a winner. I haven't in a while, like 2000 and 2016 was the last time I held a checker flag and I'm not interested in that anymore. Yeah, you want to get back into victory lane. We we'll talk about the schedule, I guess, because last year they the Petty 660 deal kind of dominated because there was only two Maritime Pro Stock Tour races due to COVID. Uh, the Pro Stock Tour expects to be back full time this year. Uh, the Petty 660 deal is back with four races. Uh, what uh, what's your take on the schedule? Where do we we see you racing? What's uh, what do you got circled on your calendar? It's all going to be where we can go. Really, I mean, I want to race. I want to. I want to go race for wins, and no matter where that's going to be, we'll be there. Makes that's sense. Fine. Denver, do you have any any questions for for Craig Solomon? Yeah, I kind of want to go back. You alluded how you found success, Craig, especially when you first broke into the pro stock ranks. You know, you won the two fifty in Fredericton. You won a bunch of tour races in those early years. What do you credit that success to? You know, is is that a trend where younger drivers seem to find success, or you know, was there was it your team? Like, what would you credit that success to? Well, you know what? I mean, for one, I guess it would have been the team that I got involved with right off the get-go. I mean, uh, Scott Frazier racing, who, who, who didn't win any more than Scott Frazier racing in, in their day, you know? Um, I, I, picked up, I picked up where my, my good buddy Terple moved on from, you know what I mean? And it was, there was a lot of hype. I was, I was late getting into the tour. I was 27 years old before I got into the tour. So, um, even though I was the young guy on the scene, I was winning. We won, we won the Shediac 250 in 07. So I wasn't on the tour in 07, but Frank was supposed to drive that night, got sick. I think he got scared just before the feature, um, handed me the helmet and said, here you go, <laughs> you're going to run tonight. So I literally went out, um, we won the 250 in Shediac. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, Pass Fleming for the win. I mean, another good buddy of mine that I looked up to for many, many, many years. Um, so to credit the success is, is obviously Frank Curtis, Frankie, uh, Greg McCullough, um, all the guys, Dan McLeod from cat at the time. Um, I mean, I grew up, I grew up looking, looking up to Scott Frazier, you know what I mean? Uh, got a chance to party with him a couple of times. I drove them around Moncton one night Built Phil Barcos Jr.'s car with them throughout the winter. Um, throughout the winter, I guess, that I was getting Phil's sportsman car, I guess, oh, oh, two or three, whatever it was. Learned a lot in Frank's shop just, just being around Phil. And then for it to make a full circle and actually get in that car with that team, I mean, at the time, yeah, I guess the hype was, the hype was big. I was winning sportsman races. I get in the I, I was I was an old school sportsman driver. I into the corner as hard as you could possibly get, stabbed the brake pedal for a second and, and literally turned it on throttle. And um we we got into the I got into the pro stock class 08 when 
bump stops, I guess, were kind of a thing, but yet you were still on spring. I was old school and I was able to get the job done by still manhandling the wheel. You know, so as the years progressed, these kids that didn't run a hobby stock car and beat the fenders off it, um, didn't run a street stock car, didn't run a sportsman car, they're getting out of this bandolero, this little car with no front shocks on it at all. Their arms are just beat to death. They're hopping to a legend car and then right to a pro stock car and they've already got finesse, right? So now all of a sudden, this last five years, six years, whatever it is, where you've got to be finesse, I'm not finesse. <laughs> I am, I am old school. I mean, and at the end of the day, um, I've got to learn the finesse side of things. And I think that's what got me intrigued going into this year because Jonathan's not a ton finesse. He's, he's phenomenal at wheeling a race car. And that's what I want to do. I want to wheel the race car. So I think whatever they've got going on with that particular car, I mean, all their cars, you look at Kyle Reed, Chris Reed, Marty Prevo, um, Corey, um, these boys are hopping into these cars and they're fast, right? So anyways, to back up my credit <laughs> to where I got started is Frank Frazier, is Curtis Lindsay, is Frankie Jr. Um, got me to where I am. I, I won races in 08, um, a bunch of races that, and it was Frank's last year field in a car. So if it wasn't for them guys and, and, you know, one of my best friends, Matt Hines, he's been my right hand man since the day I got into a pro stock car. If it wasn't for him and his family, Doug and Mary Lynn, um, at Halifax glass, they're, they're who took me to the top. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, all my thanks is to them. I just wheel a race car. So Dylan, do we have anything from, from social? Yeah, Jordan Vino is wondering, Craig, how much lead did you take out of the car before you gave it to him? <laughs> is he, he's asking a question of how much more he needs to, or no, how much less he needs to take out before sure. in it? Oh I stripped it. He says he's a little lighter. He says you're a little lighter than him. <laughs> right now, I don't feel it. <laughs> it's the quarantine 15, right? Yeah, I've been eating well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our good buddy Taylor Albert is wondering, Craig, what's your biggest accomplishment so far in racing? Biggest accomplishment? Jeez, I mean, all the 250 wins are huge. You know, the first night that I won the 250, the two, we won the 250 in Shediac, but 08 was my rookie year. We go to 660 on the tour. I couldn't get around the place to save my life. Um, literally, I think I beached it twice the first time we were there, went back and Frank was on the radio. You got to drive it in harder. You got to drive it in harder. You got to drive it in harder to the point that I just pulled off the racetrack and I said, here's the helmet, man, get in it and run it. Get You go harder. And he put the helmet on. He went out. I watched him and he made three to five of the most erratic laps I've ever seen at 660 and the car stuck. And I thought if he can drive it in that herd and not put it in the beach, I know I can. So the very next week, the very next time we go back is the 250. We're like top of the, I think we were top of the charts one practice for two practices. Anyway, we were, we were, we were right there. And you know, that whole night played out just perfectly you know we, we hung around the top 10 
Um, and then we were, oh, geez, I can't even remember where we were sitting. And Curtis said something like, what do you need to win this thing? And I, said, I don't know, just need it to turn a little bit better. He was like, bring it in. We'll throw some spring rubbers in it. I was like, oh, yeah, spring rubbers is really going to take me to the win. I'm still learning these things at the time. You know what I mean? Come in, jam spring rubbers in the right rear, come back. I don't even know where we restarted, but everything just happened. We were able to get through some cars. Travis Benjamin and Wayne Smith went into the corner with three to go, I think. And they washed up. I drove underneath both of them three wide and just probably, I don't know, made the three most erratic laps of my life at 660 to get the win. So that was, that was probably the biggest. Um, and then the, the 250 at Halifax, obviously it's my home track cat 250, um, the Scott Frazier Memorial cup, um, had Mike Stevens steering wheel on the car. Like it all just, it all just happened. Mikey had passed away, you know, two weeks prior to that or the week. Yeah. I guess we had an off week and then, you know, Robbie had given me and Sean Tucker a steering wheel. It's actually still hanging over there. I don't know if you can see up on the, on the, metal rack but the one on the far left there's mike's wheel that i had on for the the cat 250 win like i don't know there's just there's there was just some real good times right anything else from social that you can pull there dylan well yeah just commenting on that there craig brent roy wrote in all seriousness how did it feel to win at scotia holding mikey's wheel is it possible to describe those emotions so that must have really been emotional considering you mentioned it was two weeks prior that we lost him. Yeah, it was just crazy. You know, um, the chain of events that happened from the Island on, um, you never expect to lose a buddy. You never expect to lose a buddy in the same race you're in. Um, you know, man, a couple weeks before that, we were sitting around campfires, partying, plenty of tires. And then that all happened. Um, we go to the, we go to the service at Petty. We're all at, at, um, in Robbie's garage after, after the event. And, uh, me and Sean Tucker are literally sitting there and Robbie comes over and hands us two wheels. Mikey was good at bending wheels. So he was like, here's some, here's some wheels, boys. You know, this is just a memory of a Mikey for you. Um, he gave us both wheels and mine is all bent. And anyways, for the, the next race was the cat 250. And I said, well, I don't care if it's bent, boys, just put it on. I just want to run with it and then pull off the wind. So it was, you know, there a lot of things happened during that night too, that, you know, we were just, we were just good. We were just really good that night. And, and I don't know, I don't know if it was just, we were, we were running with a, a one set mind that we were getting, we were getting the job done. It didn't matter what was around, what was happening. Um, I'll never forget. I was leading, I was leading at half what happened just before halfway caution smoke i was leading ben row second and my brakes had got spongy we restarted we go down into the corner and my foot goes right to the floor pushes ben three wide four wide whatever we didn't spin but we lost a bunch of positions and the, and I was, I think I might've been sitting 10th or 12th or something at the halfway break, lap 100 or 125. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, Benji's a guy that I looked up to. I, I remember going to the racetrack with my cousin, Troy, for the pro the ISPC pro stock events and Ben Rowe had that badass looking double zero, yellow, red, and 
blue car. And that was the one, like, I mean, he was, he was a guy that you were watching and I seen him coming. I was still in the car and I seen him coming in the mirror and I thought, ah, F-U-C-K. Um, not cool. Right. I didn't mean anything biased. I, I literally went into the corner and my pedal went to the floor and I went straight and he came up to my window and, and he humbled me so perfect. It wasn't even funny. He literally put his hand on my shoulder and he was like, listen, calm your damn nerves. You've got the car to go and just drive from wherever you're at and win this race. You don't need to go into the corner and push up. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. And I was like, no, man, I had no brake pedal. I had no brake pedal. Like, I, I'm, I'm apologizing. He was like, no, I don't care. I don't care that you're running at me. I don't care about nothing. But you have the car to go out and come from wherever you're at to win this race. And I think that took me from, I don't know, being really pissed at myself to reel yourself in. If this guy's telling you, you got the car to win, there's a good damn chance you've got the car to win because he's the man. He's, he's always been the man. Him, Johnny Clark, Cassius, they're guys that I grew up watching take checker flags. And for that to all happen, drove back through the field, won the race. Mikey's wheel was like, <laughs> what else can you say? Anything else from social, Dylan? I know we're getting a, a little bit close to see Richard Salters uh, up next year in just a little bit. You got anything else from, from social that we can we can tell some stories with? Well, we'll go from winning, I guess, to the other side. Uh, Brent Patterson's wondering, Craig, what's the worst wreck you were in? And, and I kind of want to ask something quickly, too. One wreck that sticks out of my mind was last summer during the Mike Stevens race when your car broke coming at a turn four. Before you answer Brett's question, if you want to, can you tell the fans what happened there? Because that was a big pileup on the front stretch. Oh, yeah, broken axle, and it spun me in front of everybody running, what, second or third? Yeah. Yeah, I was like a pinball machine. And, and, I, and, and again, that night ruined the night for a lot of people. It junked a lot of equipment, but there was literally nothing I could do. I come off the corner, hit the gas, axle broke, and immediately, I've never, I actually come on the radio, and I said to the boys, who just destroyed me? Who literally just destroyed me right now? I was fired up and the radio was silent and I keyed it again. Who just hit me? It was silent. I said, boys, you got to give me something here. It felt like I just got plowed from behind. Like it, it banged and jarred me and spun me so fast. And Shane come on the radio was like, it's all you, bud. And I went, there's no way. I was straight. Like, I got plowed from behind. Who was it? He's like, no, no, it was all you. And I was like, okay, something broke. I thought I got destroyed. Anyway, destroyed a whole bunch of race cars with a broken axle. As far as the worst wreck, um, one night at Scotia in the sportsman car, um, Terry Roma, I think, blew up going down the back stretch and I get in his oil and literally went straight. And I thought for sure I was going for the campground and my wheels never touched until I hit the tires down over the bank. That was, that was probably my hardest wreck. That was the one that kind of hurt the most, I guess, from the belts. Um, another hard wreck was 660. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget it. I hope he's watching too. Um, I, we were at 660, 250 weekend, 2000, 
nine. Practice. Making practice laps. There was two cars on the racetrack, myself and Dan Eddy. And I, he was in front of me. I caught him. And I come on the radio. I said, I, I said to the guys, I said, I, I need it. I want to dial up my rear brake. So give me lots of room. I'm going to throw a bunch of rear brake in this car. There's a good chance I'm going to spin it out, but I got, I got to get my balance. Down the back stretch, I let off. Sorry, let Dan Eddy get probably a full straightaway away from me because I knew I was going to come. I had caught him within five laps from being three quarters of a track in front of me. Backed off. I, he, was, he was probably going into three. I was middle of the back stretch, down into the corner, spun. And at the same time, it stalled, and I was kind of sitting right in the middle lane with 25 to 30 feet that way and 25 to 30 feet that way. And Dan Eddy drove right from right in front of me the whole way around the racetrack, and he come down into three, and I've seen his eyes. It was like he just looked at me and went, oh, I'm going to hit that guy. Wide, screaming open. There was two of us on the racetrack, myself and Dan Eddy, and he hit me from three quarters away around the racetrack, head on, at 660, and it was a hard hit. I think there was a picture where both of our cars are up in the air. Um, the hit was that hard. And I was like, wow, there's only one other guy on the racetrack, and he actually managed to hit me. That was crazy. My fault. I spun the car out, but there's lots of lanes to go either side of me. I know we got to get to Richard Salter here in a bit. Uh, we got Robbie McLean coming up, though. And, and I, I know you wanted to tell this story because we, we, we told this story before we came on air because I know Robbie had told it to me earlier uh, a couple of years ago. But isn't there a story about you and, and Robbie and before a pro stock tour race over there and a boat tour that, that was not supposed to be a boat tour? That was like Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we had been talking about going boating with Robbie every time we went to PEI for 10 years. And finally, what year was that, Sean? Three years ago, maybe, something like that. We were, we were in PEI. It was the year that the cell phone towers went totally out. I don't know if you, do you remember that? Yeah. Whatever it was that, that weekend, well, no cell phones work, no nothing work. We're, we're literally getting on Robbie's boat. We leave the wharf. He hits the wharf. Tears, tears something off the back of it. Ah, don't worry about that, bud. Okay. There's like 11 of us in a 19-foot bow rider boat. He had already taken all the women out to wherever we were going, and he was coming back to get all the guys. Obviously, there was a lot more weight in the boat. We leave the wharf. He hits the wharf. We're pulling out away from the wharf, and all of a sudden, the boat goes, Rah! it's like, that was a rock. Ah, don't worry about that, bud. <laughs> okay, no trouble at all. We're sitting there laughing our guts out, right? Because Robbie just don't care. We're going out through the channel. And I've never boated in PEI before, but apparently the sand bars move. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. So we're going, we're, we're going toward where all the women were on the beach. And we're going through this, we're, we're going, we're just driving, sorry. And dad looks at Robbie and goes, he looks over the side of the boat and he says, this is the first time I've ever been in a boat on a ball field. There was grass coming up through the water right where we were. 
Up we go on the sandbar. Seizes the motor up. We're on the sandbar. So we pick up our phones to try and get towed because the boat won't go. It, it, I don't know if we seized the motor, heated up one or the other. Boat won't go. We're on a sandbar. Cell phones are down. Not, couldn't get a hold of nobody. Boat five or six of us get out of the boat because we're on the sandbar and push it. We push the boat. How far we push the boat? Two damn miles. We push the boat. I don't even know how far we push the boat. So we're pushing the boat and we see this other boat coming. We're like, man, we need a tow, right? So this guy comes over, we throw him the rope. And as we throw him the rope, he goes to catch it and he's got like no hands. It's like, oh man, what are we getting ourselves into here? So God love him. He ended up getting the rope, tying it around his boat and towed us across this channel because we, we, we pushed the boat far enough that it was there was a, a big current coming through wherever we were that we wouldn't have been able to swim it across or whatever. So this guy tows us across to get to this to this beach that we were going to. And anyways, it was one of the nicest beaches uh, PEI probably has. I, don't, I wouldn't, I would never be able to get back to it, but um, it was just a crazy story, crazy story. It was funny. And then we ended up having to get towed in later that night by Kenny Snow. It was just, it was a fun day. See, he never told me about hitting anything. He told me this, the cell phones were down and we lost our direction is what he told me. <laughs> yeah, right. Ask him about that when he gets on later. I, I, I will definitely have to. Uh, you mentioned presidential. You mentioned Archibalds. Who else is on the race car? Who's on the crew that makes it happen for the 99 team? Oh, uh, Archibald drilling, blasting, you know, Rod and Pam Dean um, back in the day got me rolling and uh, became best friends with their son, Roderick and Jamie, Luke from Archibald, um, Howard Little Excavating and Tri-County Waste. Howard's been with me since 2010 um, out of the Valley Excavating Company. I mean, everybody, everybody knows Howard Little. Um, I, I have to go back and give credit to Halifax Glass to, to get me to where I am. Um, presidential ventilation, my buddy Stephen Derrick Nix, um, stepped up last year when basically we were getting ready to pack it in because we didn't have a quarter panel sponsor ran ran gary's new port city car the year before that with no primary sponsor that was that was not a fun year that was a raw peter to pay paul and still paying bills on that one um uh stone's rv jonathan stone i mean family friend just you know they're like family. All my sponsors are like family. Um, Mike Fulmore, um, Prestige Paving. Um, I made a list. Let me look at my list. I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> it's, er it's early in the season, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's, there's people that there's people behind the scenes too, that will pick up a set of tires and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sell anybody out, but you know, Ralphie and Marilyn Jacobs, Blue Nose Well Drilling, every year will do something for me. And I know he helps out a lot of other people the same way. Um, yeah, man, there are just so many people that, that have helped me over the years. Like I could go back, uh, you know, 
credit to credit to a buddy of mine, you know, Gary Crooks that, that helped me win races over, you know, 2015 and 16 with my Hamke car. Um, he's the one that put the setup on that car. And it's the same setup that, that Jordan's going to get, um, you know, and everybody that's helped me out over the years, I mentioned all, all of, um, Scott's crew, Curtis, Frankie, Derek, Greg McCullough, Matt Hines. If it wasn't for Matt Hines, I wouldn't be Craig Slomwood on the racetrack. Um, one of my best friends, my, one of my, he's been my main man since 2008. Um, my family, obviously cousin Troy for getting me into this rack. Um, Sean Turple, man, good buddy of mine that helped me get to where I am. My brother, Whitney, back in the, back in the sportsman days. Um, and just everybody else, I guess that helped me out. And, and right now I've got something so good going on with, with Shane Lively, Stephen Nix, Matt Hines, Roderick Dean, you know, and then my other buddies that'll, that'll chip in and come to the big races, you know, um, Sean, Mike Umlaw, um, Sean Sloan White, um, um, I'm forgetting people, you know, Brian Thomas, um, man, just so many people that have helped me out over the years and, and continue to do so. It's pretty thankful. I'm a pretty fortunate individual. Well, this has been fun. Uh, great catching up with you. We'll have to do this again before the, uh, the season starts and, uh, wish you all the best. And if we don't see you before May, uh, we'll see you at that first race at uh, Petty Raceway. Sounds good guys. Have fun with Robbie. Yeah, we will. That's Craig Sloan, my driver, the number 99 car. We'll see him on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour this season. And uh, now we'll go to our next guest. And this guest was a winner at the Sydney Speedway event uh, just less, less than 24 hours ago. Uh, driver of the number 10 car uh, from uh, Center Burlington, Windsor area. And uh, we want to welcome in Richard Salter to the show. And Richard's just getting his uh, everything set up. Richard, we ran a little long with Craig Slomwade. You got a copy on us? He's still still trying to get the audio there. He's still trying to trying to connect the audio. So once we uh, once we get the audio, we'll uh, just give us a shout, Richard. We're we're looking at the the highlights from yesterday, Denver. What did uh, you you from outside? What did you see from uh, from that racetrack yesterday? Because I know you guys in Miramichi tried to put on a winter race. Uh, what were you uh, looking at, thinking of yesterday? Uh, I was thinking of pure jealousy. Uh, we would have loved to have been doing the same thing up here in Miramichi, but uh, different restrictions. But uh, it sounds like a phenomenal event. Huge car count. Uh, said it was a little cold, but uh, no, it's out, you know, anytime you get 44 cars for any sort of event like that, that that's a big deal. So uh, definitely uh, wish we could have been there uh, with the border restrictions. That wasn't possible, but uh, hopefully we get to do one up here. And, and you know, hopefully looking forward, maybe that's something uh, between Miramichi, Sydney, and some other tracks, we get to see some more of these winter Enduros. I, I hear Richard now. Richard, you got a coffee? Yeah, I can hear you now. A excellent. Good to hear you. Uh, let's talk about yesterday. Uh, you come from Windsor. You, you go all the way up to Sydney and you take away <laughs> a win. How, how'd it happen? Oh, we just sat around talking about it and decided we were going to go. And, and you, go, you told me yesterday in Victory Lane after you won the race how you got that race car. It, it's a Solera, but how did you get it from uh, where it was into your <laughs> shop and in, into Victory Lane? Kijiji had a part in that. <laughs> we just found it off Kijiji and started playing with it from there. And everybody's seen the pictures of the damage on the back of that car, but 
Uh, it was the wreck, I, I think, coming out of turn four. And, and we kind of saw the highlights there earlier where that track was, it was almost bare pavement in the middle of three and four. And then all of a sudden it comes up to ice. And some of those guys had some issues getting through that. Uh, you come up out, out, of the, out of that turn four, everything's blocked. What was going through your mind when you saw that in front of you? Punch it. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get around it somehow. And you made it through. There, there wasn't a whole lot of damage. You came, you came in to take a look at that race car. What did, uh, what did the crew tell you when you came into pit road and uh, had had the back end all smushed in? <laughs> well, we kind of, we're kind of like uh, we're in a bad spot because there's a lot of cars in front of us. Do you want to? Basically, it was do you want to keep going or do you want to lay back in the weeds a little bit? It was kind of lay back in the weeds a little bit and then make a run at the end. And you had some competition in that race. Dennis Nickerson was good. Glenn Cook <laughs> has won pretty much everything up there when it comes to these sort of events. So uh, how, did, how did you make it back through the field with not a whole lot of laps left to go? A uh, whole lot of luck, I think. <laughs> it was just bounce off this one, bounce off that one, and it just kept us going straight, really. Lucky bounces. Yeah, lucky bounces. I mean, from down here, it's the, uh, used to be the brass monkey, uh, at Scotia speed world. There hasn't been a winter race in years though. So, uh, to, to be in that race and to win it, uh, to take that trophy home, what's, what's it mean to you to, to have that one in your trophy case? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. It was one for the books. Definitely do that again. Definitely had a lot of fun. I think everybody in them pits had a lot of fun. Well, that was the next question. If they do do it again, there, there's been some talk that they may do it again in, in mid to late March. Can you uh, can you get the, the trunk lid all smashed back out and uh, take that one back up for another run? Oh, it looked like a brand new car again. <laughs> Might even paint it. But it. It looked pretty good. It almost looked like it rolled off the showroom floor when you rolled it out of the trailer. Well, that, that thing, really all it needed was fix the windshield and put a set of brakes on it. And we should have safety inspected and drove it for a couple of years, probably. You yeah, got a couple more years out of it. If you're watching us on, on Facebook, we are uh, live with Richard Salter. Drop us a comment and a question there, and uh, we'll get it over uh, over to Richard. And uh, with this COVID deal, uh, this was the first real major sporting event, I guess, in the province of Nova Scotia since they reopened after wave number two. Uh, what was your thought on, on the whole event with, uh, with everything going on, restrictions, masks, all that fun stuff? Uh, we had masks in the trailer. Pretty much, I don't know. Yeah, they controlled the crowd, you know. I mean, everybody was good in the pits. If they wanted to come up around you, they come up around you. And if people didn't, they stayed away. And when you got in the driver's seat, it was it was just like a regular race, right? Just a regular race. Yep. So yeah. what are what are your plans for 2021? Obviously, besides you know the the Solera now sitting in, in the garage with the trophy on top of it. Uh, what, what, what else are your plans for 2021? We're going to see you with the late model. What's, uh, what's the plan? I think we'd like to try that car up there on, on the track up there in Sydney. We play around there a little bit. Do the rest of it by the seat of our pants, I guess. Go from there. You've had some success at Scotia Speed World. We showed the highlights earlier of the Shriners Classic back in 2018. <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to that race because it, it's an important race in Halifax. And you and Alex Johnson both going for that win, going for your first ever sports and win. And then you had Russi breathing down your neck at the end of that race. Uh, take, yeah. take us back. What, what are your thoughts a couple of years after that big Shriners Classic win? Uh, I think that one just played out. Just played out like, 
that was a lucky, lucky draw, really. Everything just worked out right that day. You know what I mean? Like we rolled into the pits. Everything worked out right. The heat race worked out right. We didn't didn't beat, pound, and smash on the car a whole lot. It just kind of rolled. Yeah, it just worked. <laughs> it was just one of the days it worked. <laughs> And then after you win that, a couple of weeks later, I, I think it was the photo finish with you and Brentley Perry, and you end up getting yeah. yourself another win out of that season. So uh, talk about that one, because that 18 season was really good. Picked up a couple of wins, but uh, what, what do you take out of that year? Uh, we got the got a lot of bugs worked out of the car that year. We had some had some help working some bugs out of it, and it really paid off. And that, you know, you, luck is always always a part of it. Oh, uh, you got, got to have luck. You got yeah. to have luck. I mean, usually I've got all kinds of luck, but it's on the bad side. <laughs> so, so if this 2021 season comes around, Scotia opens up full time. Are we going to see you at Scotia? You mentioned potentially Sydney Speedway. Are we going to see you do anything else with that number ten car? You never know. Probably, probably see it in Riverside. I want to ask. I want to ask you because we had Jeffrey Breen on the show last week. There was that big announcement a couple of weeks ago with Sports and Rules. Uh, Scotia and Riverside kind of working together, gelding their their rules together. What, what's your thought on, on the deal? Does it does it help a, a driver like you going back and forth? What What are your thoughts on it? Uh, if there's give and take in rules, I think there's a whole lot of give and no take. Maybe that's the easy way to say it. Yep. I think yep. rules changed on one track but the other track didn't do anything. Yeah. That's fair to say. Yep. I, I, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, Dylan, do we have anything from social? Cause I know we're on Scotia and the Maritime Pro Stock Tour as well. Do we have anything for uh, the former Shriners Classic winner, the uh, Winter Blast Enduro champion? What have we got from social? <laughs> well, Richard, we got a, congrat a lot of congratulations for you. A lot of the fans uh, congratulating your big win yesterday up in Sydney. Brent Patterson's wondering, I don't think you guys had him on, but he's wondering if he had studs on the tires. No, he didn't have studs, but we had probably a, a decent set of tires. We had a fairly new set of tires. And, and that, that racetrack was completely different in one and then the other. And uh, talking oh, to Tim yeah. Cook afterwards, one and two was pretty much ice. Three and four, you almost could manage. What did you have to do to adjust your driving throat? Because it, it got... It got different through from that first heat that you won all the way to the feature too. Yeah, yeah. Some of the snow got drugged down into three. You could catch a few bare spots going down the back stretch, and then you had lots of time in three to catch her up and get her lined up for the front stretch. And then as it went on, a little bit of that got pulled down in there, and your your window was getting shorter and shorter there. And up on one and two, it was just getting slipperier and slipperier and slipperier. <laughs> Is there is there anything from track prep that if you were if you had the keys for the day to the, the racetrack and you could do a little more track prep, is there anything that you would change about uh, about that racetrack from yesterday? Uh, no, it was a driver's track. You had to figure it out. Um, I don't think. I don't think there'd be too much to change. It was a it was a winter blast. <laughs> it, it, it was that for sure. Uh, Denver, you got any uh, questions for our Sydney Speedway winner winter blast champ? Well, no, I don't really have, I think you got pretty well everything covered there, Tim, but I want to offer congratulations to uh, Richard on the big win. Obviously that's uh, like Tim said, that's the first time in a while we've seen an event like this. So, uh, you know, you got the Shriners classic, a couple wins in Scotia. Now you got the uh, winter blast at Sydney Speedway. So uh, congrats on that, Richard. And, uh, you know, maybe if Greg and Cody get the next one together, you'll uh, 
be defending that title. Oh, we'll give her a try. What's what's the next thing on on your bucket list? We asked Sloan White earlier. What was the next thing he wanted to win? You've done some legend stuff. You, you you've moved to sportsman. Uh, you got that that trophy from yesterday. Is there anything else that you want to do in your racing career to kind of uh, check off the bucket list? I don't know. We even sat here one day and was talking about uh, maybe the old Toyota should go up there to that road course race. Shuby. In Shuby. Yep. Never, never ever been there. But seems to work out better when you're not there ever before. <laughs> yeah, and, and the East Coast Mini Stock Tour. I don't know if they've released a date, but they're looking at September. So that would that would kind of be neat to to get out there and 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 do that, or just get out there for one of those track series events. Uh, they do a great job uh, out at AMP. Dylan, is there anything else we we have from from social that we can we can throw at Mister Salter? No, just more congratulations. But uh, Richard, I'm just wondering, do you have any dirt racing experience? I have driven a car at Valley Raceway outside of Greenwood. I find driving in the dirt, like when it's really muddy, is very similar to snow. Do you, would you say the same thing? Yeah, probably be just like a drive down the old Wampwood Road when it was dirt. But I, we were down to that track and watched a couple races. It looked like a lot of fun. Actually, the very first old sportsman car that I had is down at that track. I think it's a track owner or something that owns it Yeah, now. Greg Banks, yeah. Okay. Would you consider doing a little dirt racing this summer? Oh, anything's worth a try. <laughs> so so if, if Greg said, hey, I, I need a driver for my old car, would you, would you strap in? I'd beat him there. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just lives right around the corner, too. So that, that'd be yeah. a hard feat, I think, to, to, uh, to pull off. But uh final thoughts from yesterday um and anything that uh, that we might have might have left off before we uh we we go on and we grab mr uh, mr mclean the second race the second race we had the the dash i'd like to try that one again mm-hmm. when we done that when we done that restart well, i missed second gear that's it, yeah we saw you fall back <laughs> yeah i missed second gear my fault <laughs> well you can't win them all right no no but uh, <laughs> I was doing a lot of cursing at myself. <laughs> well, it's good that we didn't have it in, in car audio then. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> There'd be a lot of beefing. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there would. We we can keep up with it. Well, th- this has been fun. Uh, we wish you all the best. Congratulations! And if you drive like you did yesterday, we'll probably have you on in a, in a month or so when they when they do that winter enduro again. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> we we appreciate it. That's Richard Salter, driver of the number ten. Now, Denver. I know we were going to go question of the week. Uh, but we are going to forbid that for now, uh, just because we are on a little bit of a time crunch here. Um, we ran a little bit long and I know this guy is going to run a little bit long as well. So I want to bring in the, uh, the owner of Oyster Bay Speedway, uh, 30 plus years of racing, all, all that fun stuff. Robbie McLean is with us. We're just getting the, the audio, uh, hooked up and, and connected. want to thank our uh, marketing partners you see on our screen as well. Uh, for being a part of this this deal that we have on Tim's Corner Live, but uh, we're going to go straight into uh, the interview with Robbie as soon as we get the uh, the check mark on our side. But uh, Denver, are you ready to hear a boat story? I am ready to hear a boat story. I heard there's multiple stories, so uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Okay, Robbie. Uh, before we uh, we get going into the the business yeah. side of things, did you hear the Craig Sloan White version of the boat story? Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> Caught a little bit of it there. I don't know if it was all, I think it was kind of one side there a little bit. I don't think he had the full story there, but it was, we had a lot of beer that day. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I, he, maybe he was wrong. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, something learned, did happen anyway. 
I learned more about that story than, than what you told me. So I, I guess there's two sides to every story, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I guess we'll leave it. Chris Hughes has said he was going to drop a couple of stories a little bit later on, but let's talk business first. Cause I know there's a bunch of people that are around. We'll, we'll start with the oyster bed speedway schedule because that was big coming out here last week, uh, 10 races throughout the season. Uh, let's talk about coming, coming forward with this schedule because the, working with the maritime racetracks you guys didn't race last year because of covid uh what was it like putting together the schedule knowing maybe not knowing what uh what 2021 might bring well it's still kind of up in the air everything's you know it's the same new brunswick and nova scotia right now tim but but uh anyway we're pretty optimistic right now we've only got two i think two cases right in the island here right now but anyway we're, we're pretty optimistic i think everybody's Pretty, pretty optimistic about it, even the government officials and stuff like that. So I think things are going to go good. Um, I talked with my partners. We, we've kind of decided to downsize a little bit as far as the schedule is concerned. We always had a big schedule and stuff like that. So we kind of figured, you know, if we're only allowed to have so many people in, we might as well, you know, make a big events. And, and uh, we've, we've talked to the maritime track owners for, well, I, I've talked them on and off for years. I mean, back when Craig and Federage, I mean, these guys, you know, Jason Carnahan, I've, I've huge amount of respect for these guys, right? Wayne and, and uh, Max and Brent, and the guys 660. So I've always, in the last 10 years, I've always talked back and forth with them. You know, communication's always been good. And, uh, you know, we've always had a talk of this, you know, getting the rules the same, getting the schedules down, you know, it's trying to promote each other's event, but it, it never really did happen. You know what I mean? It, it, we kind of, back 10 years ago, we started to meet, we kind of started getting the, the few of the rules and stuff together and it, it never really did transpire 100% until yourself and and uh, and uh, jumped down with the short track uh, summit and uh, it kind of got the wheels turned again I, I think it kind of went to as far as well I mean we've got a maritime rule package now for the street stocks and, and the schedules we've got we're promoting each other's events we've got some big events coming up I mean I know you've got some big news coming up I know there's some big news I don't even know if I'm allowed to to say I know I'm like a eight-year-old kid that's got a secret here you know you're sitting there with your hands or with your legs crossed there so you don't piss yourself right you're trying to say you know anyway uh you know i guess a few things we can talk about and a few things we can't yet but that's that's still out but that's i guess that's in your corner you're the news man you gotta get the, the news well, out well be, before we go to the street stock news we'll get paul to pop up the oyster bed speedway schedule the the general schedule for the racetrack this season 10 races what are you most excited about on this schedule that we have on our screen now Ah, excited for the whole thing. I think this is this is probably one of the most exciting years I think I've had in a while. In the last few years, I haven't really been around the track a whole lot. I haven't really been involved a whole heck of a lot. I kind of took a little bit of time away. And and last summer, it was just kind of a breath of fresh air for everybody to just kind of get away and, and just do something a little bit different. You know, I mean, go with the kids and go camping and do a few other things. You know what I mean? So, But uh, now I think everybody's pretty excited there. My partners are ready to go and, and we're we're pretty pumped. So I think this is going to be a, a great thing. And, and with some of the things that's going to be, you know, announced in the next few weeks here, I think oh, it's going to be huge, huge. And I, I think the biggest thing about this schedule, and we kind of saw 660 and Petty kind of take that approach as well. And uh, Scotia Speed World did it a couple of years ago with their, their off divisions, uh, where each division has a weekend off. Uh, you go to 10 races, 
Uh, you mentioned the camping and doing things with the kids and, and being away from the racetrack. And, you know, there, there's diehards that, uh, and I, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear from some of them in the comments that if there was, you know, 52 races on, on, a, on a year, we'd be at all 52 races. But uh, this schedule gives a little bit of an opportunity for, to, to breathe a little bit, doesn't it? Like if you want to go to the, the camp campground with the kids or you want to do something on the weekends, you now have that opportunity to, and you can also enjoy some great racing growth here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, what's all about. I mean, you know, some of the, the biggest supporters of the racers are their, are their families and wives and stuff like that. So I mean, if they're not happy, nobody's happy. Right. So let's kind of break it up a little bit. And uh, you know, now the schedule's wide open. If uh, guys want to do some traveling, we've got some, some big dates that uh, we're working with, with the other tracks, you know, drag your car across and do a bit of racing. And we're kind of hoping the same thing with over here. Uh, I mean, with our schedule alone, I mean, we're, we're expecting with all the off island series and stuff like that. I mean, we're expecting 120 teams to come to the island this summer. You know what I mean? Like the, the spin off of that is incredible. Like for local business and, and, uh, you know, tourist operations and stuff like that. It's huge. Right. Especially with the year that we've had. And, uh, but I mean, I think the real big winner is going to be the fans. Fans are just they're Yeah. Win-win situation for them. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned the the two uh, two series coming over the East Coast Mini Stock Tour and the Heart of a Champion Hot Rod Classics as well. And I, I know Dylan's going to be itching to get in here at some point. But uh, those two divisions that haven't been to Oyster Bed Speedway yet, obviously the Heart of a Champion was supposed to come last year in their inaugural year and never did uh, because of the COVID. And and now you've got these East Coast Mini Stock Tour, who's been to pretty much every single racetrack. Uh, they're there with the Maritime Pro Stock Tour, Maritime League of Legends Tour uh it, it's it's really it gives something for everybody to really look at when it comes to the schedule if you want to see pro stock racing you can come see pro stock racing you guys have had the best street stock program for years in, in the maritimes at that at your racetrack uh the four cylinder count has grown it, it's there's really something for everybody on the schedule yeah yeah and especially when the east coast mini stock tour comes over i mean a lot of our uh mini stock were outlaw class is what we call it that that, uh, that would match up with their rules and they're just biting at the bit to get that. So, I mean, we're expecting to have a 30 car starting field race in that, in that, uh, in that race. So, oh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. And, and that, uh, those tour dates kind of book in July. So the East coast mini stock tour is going to be there at the start of July and the heart of a champion hot rock Classic is going to be there at the end. And I'll bring Dylan Langell and Dylan, before we get to the big street stock news, is there anything on social that, uh, that for Robbie that we can we can throw at him before before let him wait a little bit longer the eight-year-old kid with with all the news is there anything that anything that's there that you see on social well uh Robbie I just want to say as the announcer of the heart of a champion hot rod classics I'm fired up to get to oyster bed I was so disappointed that we didn't get to go last year but uh what are you expecting with a higher car count there's going to be guys making more cars this year what are you expecting with the hot rod classics uh, I've just been kind of watching the growth of it, really, the big thing. I watched it, well, uh, I guess the first race that they were going to have, I think, was supposed to be at our track last year. And uh, when everything got cancelled, then I, I kind of watched it in, in Petty and watched it kind of things unfold and stuff. And uh, and there's a lot of talk. I mean, we've even got a few cars here talking on building here in Charlottetown. So, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be a good deal here once they get it done, you know, again. It's all about the fans, right? The the fans, it's something different for them to watch, and, and they're just something awesome to watch on the track, you know what I mean? So that's uh again, they're gonna be the they're what we're here for, right? So they're good, they're gonna be the winners. One of your hometown drivers, Jesse LeClaire, is asking, what's the maritime mini challenge? 
Maritime Mini Challenge is just an open invitation that we're going to have uh, aside, but like obviously we have get the uh, we've got the Easter Mini Stock Tour coming over, so we've got their uh, their challenge where we've got their their big race, the 50 lap, or compete, competing with our uh, local cars. So uh, we figured we'd have an invitation for the Mini Stocks too as well, so we added them in coming the end of August, I think they're in there, so sometime in August. So I don't get the schedule right in front of me. So. Chris Hughes also wrote, there may be a scooter story. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I don't got a lot of racing memories, but <clears throat> for every time I went racing, there was always a stupid something that happened. Always a situation. There was always something stupid to come out of it. And uh, that scooter, when I, I laughed, actually, Chris's father was a great guy. I, I loved Ronnie. And uh, we used to sit and have coffee there the odd time. Ron used to tell me, he says, he says, you know, Robbie, he said, uh, I wouldn't be able to have, afford to have all these trucks. He says, we didn't have this race car. He said, and he'd look at you right serious. I just, you just look at me, you just, you couldn't help but laugh. I what a great guy. But he come over to us in Halifax from this scooter story that, that Chris is talking about. Anyway, we, uh, we went racing in Halifax one morning and we, we left early in the morning. I was asleep in the back seat of the truck. So two of the guys, Chuck, you know, Chuck Wakeham from the track, everybody was Chuck. He was in the front seat and Mark was driving and, Mark was originally from Halifax, so he should have known where he was going, but apparently he didn't. Uh, we ended up in near Antigonish before I woke up. I get looking up, looking at the truck, and here we are, pretty near Antigonish. So anyway, the boys got wheeled around in the highway and uh, touring back, and before we got to Truro, we, uh, we run out of fuel, so nobody was apparently watching the gas gauge either. So uh, we had a, a scooter that was in the back of the half ton, that was uh, one of Mark's projects. It uh, it was a, it had a big bore kit and a pipe on it. It was kind of a little race scooter with a with a big fur kit on it that looked like something that a Dumb and Dumber, a great big leopard fur skin coat. And uh, of course, it, it started to rain a little bit, so uh, it was all the coat wasn't very good looking. Man, so so anyway, I jumped on the scooter and I headed her towards the Irving uh, in the middle of the rain. To get some gas and uh anyway so you can just imagine what this looked like it was anyway yeah it was a bad story but anyway we get back to halifax and the first one over was ronnie hughes he says so uh, what happened to you fellas he said you were right behind us there in Truro. don't ask ronnie don't ask <laughs> i went through the whole story with the moped and going into Truro and this the gas can between my legs and Anyway, we left the Irving and head back out and in through the median I went dirt flying and anyway, it's, it's yeah, it was a crazy story. But anyway, Ronnie had a good laugh at it anyway. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we've kept uh, everybody waiting long enough. I know our producer Paul is on the button waiting to uh, put this on the screen. I don't know if we can do a little drum roll or not, but uh, what we have coming up on the screen is what we're, we're announcing tonight. Robbie is the Maritime Street Stock Series. Uh, Wayne came to me a little bit earlier on. We're going to have all the information uh, buttoned up and put together tomorrow, but this is the schedule. Uh, and it goes to those drivers and those, or the tracks that are working together to help get these drivers an opportunity to, to race. Uh, five races, and it all kicks off at Oyster Bed Speedway. Uh, what, what, were your, what are your thoughts about putting this schedule together and, and trying, to, trying to get those racers a little bit of extra, extra pump? At those events that are track sanctioned, they're going to be run by the racetracks and you know, most of them are already going to anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a, it's a tough thing to schedule too. I hope the races appreciate, I mean, the extra time and stuff that takes to, I mean, this is about a, about two months in the works right now um, of, you know, back and forth collaboration and stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, I mean, it, it's, as Brent said, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces to a schedule when you start putting it together, especially when you start with each track. I mean, each track has got to have its bread and butter too. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's got to make go at the end of the day, but you know, we kind of all made room for each other and our schedules to kind of get our big events in. And, uh, and I, uh, I think, again, I think it's going to be a great deal. So it starts at Oyster Bay Speedway on Saturday, June 12th. Uh, goes to the Center for Speed two weeks later with Air Street Stock 100 on Saturday, June 26. Uh, we move to the 5K Stuff Your Stuff Storage Street Stock 100 as the uh, part of that big race at Petty Raceway on August 7. Uh, the Air Car Construction 100 Saturday, August 14 at Speedway 660. And then uh, Saturday, October 2, the very best fall shootout 100. Uh, more information will be released coming up in this week. I know uh, Barry told me, I think there's a there's a top five increased payout for, for the driver that, that does well, or those top five drivers that do well uh, in the points. Uh, all that information will, will hopefully be announced tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, and you'll be able to find that on all the track websites and, and timscorner.ca. But uh, uh, this, is, this is huge news for the street stock division because there's some big events on that schedule. And uh, it all starts off at Oyster Bay Speedway. So uh, no pressure being the first, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially, I mean, you go to Petty with five grand to win. I mean, that's the biggest purse I've ever heard in street stock race ever. So, I mean, it's that that's huge. And, and hats off to Wayne, you know, for getting that to getting that together and stuff like that. Uh, the purses for the rest of the, yes, the, the rest of the uh, tracks, I don't think is really announced yet, but, or, or maybe I can't. Let do you, do, I don't know. Do you have those top five there for, for points? Is that, is that finalized yet? I know Barry spit it at me earlier and I, I did not remember it for the life of me. Yeah, no, no, nothing finalized. I don't have anything right here in front of me. No. Okay. So we, we should have that uh, relatively soon, but all that information as it becomes available will be, will be out. Yep. But we, we can tell you that the schedule that's on your screen are the, are the five races uh, that you're going to want to mark on your calendar if you're a street stock team. And we kind of talked about it when we were doing the schedule last week for, uh, for Oyster Bed, the, the rules are as close as they've ever been. Uh, obviously if you go, if you're a team at Speedway 660, you're going to, you're going to change some basic stuff for, you know, racing at Oyster Bed or, or, or racing at uh, Petty Raceway. Uh, but the general rules to go and compete at these racetracks are, are pretty damn similar across the board now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have our rules updated yet. I said, talked to Marvin here in the last few days and he's been uh, doing the last review of all that and I think everything looked pretty good to him so I think uh, uh, once we get that updated I mean every track in the Maritimes now like you should be able to take a street stock and run anywhere except for your gearing you should be good to go you know what I mean so that's 100% you know that's good yeah and that and that goes back to these racetracks working together and and trying to make it better for not only their businesses because if there's no racetracks there's no places for these guys to run there's no racers, there's no racetracks because they, they can't put a program on the racetrack. So realistically, it, it all comes back to, you know, racers having a place to race businesses and, and, and racetracks being able to, to put on the shows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And with the, with the schedule and the way it is too, like, I mean, this isn't going to affect our home track cars either. You know what I mean? Like our home track cars will be able to still run their full point series and run these events too, if they want. It's, you know, they're not going to have to give up one to take another. You know what I mean? They're going to be able to run these five races if they want. They can run the, the home track cars, can run their big event at the track and still stay at their home track to run their point series and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So there's some flexibility involved in it, right? 
and, and there's some schedules that are still being worked on on the other side too because i know there were some schedules that were released early and some divisions that are moving to accommodate some of these big events so yeah uh, it's, it's great to see these racetracks really working together isn't it yeah all terrific 100 they're all great guys all great guys every one of them and we've got some more announcements to make but as you mentioned it, it's it's the pull the car cover over it sort of thing and, and get everything finalized and uh, for those that are asking, I, I know last week when the schedule was out, it's it's why is it so late? Why why is it this? Why is it that? Well, there's there's stuff like this that's being worked on. There's sponsorships that are being worked on, and the the next announcement that's coming up the road that we can't really talk about it. It's it's that back end deal trying to put everything together to to make it make it easier and accessible for the for the racer to get to and and what have you. So uh, I know we can't let the cat out of the bag yet, but I, I know there's some more exciting stuff coming up the road, right? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Then that's the problem. Like, uh, and when you're making up the schedule, I mean, there's lots of questions and, and people messaging and stuff, and, and you'd like to have the answers for the guys. Like, like we thought we'd have our schedule out. Uh, I mean, a month before we did, but uh, when it came down to it, we didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle. You know what I mean? So uh, it just took more time. And as we started putting it together, there was more problems arose, and and you know a lot of unanswered questions. So. At the end of the day, we can't answer a question, or we can't answer a question that we don't have the answer for. You know what I mean? So, so uh, I was just glad we finally got it out, and everything seemed to work good for everybody. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great deal. Now, before we go back to social and ask a couple of more questions, there the the biggest question that I got was Robbie's coming on your show. There was plans of him racing in 2020, and that never happened. So, are we going to see you back behind the wheel this year? Uh, well, it's funny. I was talking to Brent and Brent asked me if I was going to come up to 660 this year. I said, yeah, Brent. I said, I, I really like 660. And I, I think we're going to definitely come up for that. Those races up there. Definitely want to do the 250. And uh, we had plans of it last year. And uh, anyway, it didn't transpire. But anyway, and uh, I mean, Brent and I were texting each other back and forth here forever and Wayne and everybody else. And so I get this text and anyway, I didn't bother answering it. I got the shower and went to bed one night and I, then my phone was pinging. And uh, reached up on the ledge and grabbed a hold of it. I looked at it. Here's Brent. He said, oh, my God, I can't wait to spin you. He says. Well, the last time you qualified for the 250, I think it was a Reno because you guys raced that Monday and you didn't get to come back because it was the year that, that Travis won the 250 and it rained out. We ran it at 10 a.m. on a Monday morning, right? Yeah, yeah, we ended up leaving. We had a bunch of guys, we had staff and stuff with us from, from Oyster Bed, uh, so we didn't end up staying over there that night. I wish we had stayed, but anyway, we didn't, and uh, we come home and had to work, so. It, we talked to, to Slon White about cars moving back and forth. The, the, the plan was, last year, was uh, Kenny's involved in it, there's there's a Greg Proud X race car, is that is that still the, the inner workings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to put uh, Kenny's young fella in it here for the Island of Events there, Brand or, uh, Brandon. And uh, see how he makes out. If he doesn't wreck it, then uh, we'll make a, a few off Island events there. So, yeah, you're going to have to put it goes. He's already blowing it up once already. So, <laughs> I was going to say put bubble wrap around the kid because it seems like every time he tries to get in a race car, he breaks breaks an arm or breaks something. Yeah, something he blows else, right? up everything. He blows up everything. That young yeah. So, he, he's already blowing up an engine here last summer. So, anyway. So I think we get 15 or 20 laps out of it. So oh, shouldn't the old guard teach the, the young grasshoppers how to do it? Look, between Kenny and I, I don't think we could ever teach him anything. Like anything that was worth 
learning from us, it just wouldn't be worth it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Craig, you don't Craig's, want to watch us if he wants to learn something. <laughs> Craig was on here saying he's almost 40. He's turning 40 at the end of March and he's calling himself the, the old guy. So what, yeah. what, what does that make you? Yeah, that makes me real old then, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, what yeah. do we got from social? Well, just a lot of comments, guys, that everyone's excited about this new Street Stock series. Uh, Robbie, Chris Hughes wrote, thanks, Robbie. Dad was in tears laughing that hard trying to tell us about that Fury scooter story. Uh, and he was asking about you making a return in 2021. So it, it kind of sounds like it. Uh, another Islander, Allison McKinnon, wrote, how did you manage to lose your glasses coming back to PEI on the highway in New Brunswick back in the early 90s? You know what? There's more stupid stories, honest <laughs> to God, connected to every race. Like, I mean, it goes right from Nova Scotia. We we had uh, we had gotten a room in Sackville one night. The races raced out in Halifax, and Stephen Gas was over with us, and we were we end up having a few beer there Saturday night, and uh, we started wrestling. And uh, long and the short of it was, we just about. Well, we renovated the room for them. I'm, I'm sure my picture is probably still on the front desk of this hotel, either thanking me for renovating this room for them or, or uh, with a big axe that wouldn't let me in, probably. But, uh, yeah, we just about destroyed this room. And uh, it just reminds me, like, everywhere as we go, there's always a crazy, stupid story that just followed us, running out of fuel. We've done something stupid. But anyway, yeah, that was just another one. Yeah. Stephen Gass and beer. Yeah. 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 Never, yeah. That's, that's, that's a tough one. Dylan, what, what else do we got from social? Uh, well, actually this question's for Denver, but it ties to what's going on with all the tracks. Barry Richard's wondering your thoughts on this new street stock announcement. Well, it's pretty exciting. You know, uh, who doesn't love street stock racing and to finally uh, get all the tracks on the same page, same rules, and have this big series it's going to be exciting you know i remember the first time i ever went to oyster bed speedway uh watching the street stock class over there and for about 10 laps they went three wide for the lead and, and oyster bed's not a real wide track and they made it work three wide so you take the guys from uh, oyster bed speedway you take the guys from miramichi petty shediac and uh, 660 you're going to throw them all into five different tracks 500 lap races that's going to be a lot of fun um I, you know, tracks working together, what more could anyone ask for? This is, it's huge for racing. You know, I think I call it the worst kept secret. Um, I feel like everyone knew what was coming, but didn't know the exact details, but obviously Tim said there'll be more tomorrow, but uh, definitely excited for this one. I'll ask you from a uh, race fan perspective, because I know you see a lot of racing in New Brunswick and, and five or four of those five races are in the province of New Brunswick. A Riley Goodwin going to PEI to race, you know, maybe a Brad McLean going over to race, you know, or maybe a Rick Cashel if we can twist his rubber arm a little bit to go over. Oyster Bed is the first race. Who are you mo most excited to see from a New Brunswick side in the street stock division go over and tackle Oyster Bed Speedway? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, you know, Michael Cormier has already won everything there is to win at Oyster Bed Speedway. So you, that, you can't got to take him out of the question because he's already uh, won everything. But, uh, you know... That's a tough one, Tim. Uh, I, Logan Power comes to mind. He, uh, you know, he stole the show with Miramichi. He's won at Petty. He's had a big run in the Ricky Bobby race a couple of years ago. I don't know his plans, but that would be one. Obviously, Riley, like you mentioned. Um, 
you know, maybe a Justin Cole too. If Justin would uh, make the trip over, would be uh, fun to watch. There's a lot of guys that would be uh, a, a definitely fun to watch. And, uh, you know, you always see, hasn't been a whole lot of New Brunswick guys been able to make the trip in, in the past. So, you know, this would really be, you know, the first time I think in a while outside of a Michael Cormier or, you know, I think Chris Hanley went over for this hundred lapper a couple of years ago, but uh, it'll really be the first time we, I think we get to see a lot of New Brunswick guys make the trip. And, uh, you know, I think the Island guys are, they're going to be the ones to watch because they're going to want to defend home turf. They, uh, they don't like to lose and they especially don't like to lose at their home track as I'm sure Raleigh can attest to. Uh, when you look at those New Brunswick guys, I, I think uh, Kyle McKinnon, I think the only guy that can keep up with a beard that Jordan and Jesse LeClaire have, uh, I think it's probably the only, you know, you look at those guys and you mentioned Justin Cole. And uh, I think that we, we keep talking about stories of being at a racetrack. I think there's a story with an ice machine, Brody McQuarrie, Alex Sheehan, and them going up to the one of the first Ricky Bobby races. So I, I, as long as Justin don't, doesn't bring that ice machine over, and as long as Alex Sheen and Brody McCory don't get tied up in that, I think they'll be okay. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see that that deal play out. Uh, all starts at Oyster Bed uh, coming up on on June 12th. And Robbie, if they want to want to come race and want to shake their race car down and prepare for it, there's a race on May 23rd. So they they can come over and and do a little bit of racing with with the local guys before they they dive into this this street stock deal. Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of hoping that uh, stuff like that will happen too. Eh? You know what I mean? All the tracks are pretty close, so. Yeah. yeah, there's there's plenty there's plenty of racing and there's plenty of action to go around. Uh, Dylan, be uh, before we close this thing out, what are you seeing from social? Is there anything else on there that uh, is catching your eye? No, just a lot of uh, positive comments on the announcement, and a lot of Islander drivers are fired up to be racing at home. Uh, a lot of excitement for the mini stock tour to land at Oysterbed. Um, a couple of questions regarding Oysterbed in general. Robbie, how old is Oysterbed? Is that, that an older track or relatively newer? I, I had never been there, and I cannot wait to get there this summer. Uh, track was built in 85. Uh, it was paved in 87. It was two years old, I think. It, it ran dirt. I think they paved it halfway through 87. So last year, last year would have been our 35th anniversary, I think. So we're going to try and... Uh, do something with that this this summer here now since we didn't get to race last summer so this will be the 35th season i guess 36th season i guess if you can't this year but it was built in 85. well didn't you start in like 88 or 89 so shouldn't you know when it was paved like you should, you should go back that far shouldn't you you know i can't really remember back that far uh, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think uh, i started in 89 so yeah it, it uh yeah it was paved a couple of years then i think two or three years then so. Well, we, we, we saw the little post that we made from 1991 uh, on Saturday. Yeah, you got some payback coming for that. You know what? Where did you dig up something like that? We didn't post a good one because there's a second one that's in that art, in that program too, and I didn't give it to our producer to put up tonight. So oh, I, I saved you a little bit. Uh, but that actually yeah. came, I think Lake Collicut gave me that uh, that program from back in 91. So uh, yeah. don't blame me, blame Blake, but I was I was behind it. Don't shoot the messenger, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like Scott Clay collection and stuff over there. Well, I'll tell you, he's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of moments before we, we shut this one down. I, I know Dylan's uh, uh, itching itching to get out of here because we're we're getting close. But uh, we didn't do our question of the week. I want to throw those some of those responses up on the uh, on the screen if we can get it with Paul. But uh, Robbie, your favorite PEI racing personality 
uh, retired, active race car driver, crew member who, who obviously Dave Gorbett is on our screen as one of the most popular ones that we had on Facebook. Uh, who, who is your, your favorite personality? When I used to watch the dirt, I mean, I used to watch guys like uh, Alan Fail and Alan Vincent, guys like that. Uh, actually, we're really hoping. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't let this news out. But anyway, we're, we're really trying to get uh, Alan McPhail back out, I guess, for the classic series. Uh, I've been talking back and forth to Daryl there a few times, trying to get those guys to get at that car and get it out. But uh, anyway, I'm just, I've got my fingers crossed, just hoping that uh, that he'll be out for the classic series there, get the old car going. They still have the old car, so. Well, but that, uh, yeah, that, that race, that's one of the guys I used to watch. Yeah. Didn't that race at the dirt track a couple of years ago? It did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They brought it back to the island now. Yeah. Yep. It's over here. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, we have on our screen, obviously Robbie just mentioned Alan Vincent, Dave Gorbett, uh, NASCAR champion and, and, you know, racer for, for many, many years. And uh, I know Jeremy did a story back a couple of years ago about Dave and, and the history and uh, Matt Watson is on our screen as well. Uh, Dylan, who else do we have in, in Facebook land that uh, we talked about, you know, racing personalities and BEI? Just getting a few more comments loaded on my end here. Uh, uh, Darren McKinnon, Greg Proud, e even uh, even Ricky Miller mixed in there too. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of great talent though, Robbie, that comes from the island. And as a Nova Scotian, I got to see that a lot this past summer with 2020. A lot of the Islander drivers coming over to Petty. It was pretty cool uh, just seeing how big that is on the island for such a small population racing is huge there yeah yeah we got a lot of support over here but there's a lot of racers yeah yeah a lot of racers a lot of good guys a lot of real good guys darren mentioned the green apple uh robbie McEwen, uh ricky miller greg proud uh among those uh we talked about stories before we go off here i want to tell my tom scully story because i i think there there's a name that everybody hears that might not necessarily get a whole lot of the spotlight. And uh, obviously he worked with Dave and he's worked with Tom Nichols and he's worked with a, with a bunch of one of the, the sharpest uh, crew chiefs and crew people you'll find over there. Tom uh, race, Tom, Tom race with me, my rookie year modified. Yep. Yeah, uh, we, we were over in Newfoundland a couple of years ago with Josh Weir and, and uh, they got the idea. He said, you can, you can ride back with Tom over to uh, over to the mainland. And he had a, a grand caravan with all the tools that are, that are stuffed in the back. And, uh, we get ready to leave CBS and uh, he tells me before we get in the van, he said, we, uh, we pump the tire up a little bit on the back just to make sure, uh, make sure we, we get to the, get to the boat. We don't have, a, don't have any, any leaks. And he said to me, he said, I, I said, do we have a, a leak that you know of in, in one of these tires, Tom? No, 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 no. We, we're, we're fine. Uh, we get, I think it was just before the, the, the national park when you go across Newfoundland and, uh, we, we stop at uh, one of the, the orange stores, North Atlantic orange stores. And he come, I, I go in, grab a, grab a drink. We're about four hours into our drive. And he says, uh, bye, we got a problem. What's that? And I go out in the rear tire, flat as a pancake. Uh, we, we walk in and we said, do you have a air pump or whatever? And uh, she hands me a bicycle pump. So that's not going to pump a tire. So uh, we sat in the parking lot through all the tools and everything else, put the tire, put the dummy tire on, drove through the, the national park and and got to glovertown just in time for 
uh, nap at it, put a plug in it, whatever else, and, and get us down the road. And I look at the, uh, the, the, the watch and I said, are we going to make the four hour trip and, you know, five hour, or the five hour trip and in, in four hours in order to get to the boat? Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, not a problem. I, I forget how fast we drove across that island, but I'm pretty sure the uh, RNC did not stop us. Uh, we got there because we were coming back. I think he was working with Dylan for the season finale in Halifax because it was late in the season. Um, but you want to talk about a man dedica dedicated to the sport and, and guys that might not get the, uh, get the role that they, that they have. I think Tom Scully's definitely, uh, definitely one of them. And we, we talked all night, Robbie, about all these stories. So, uh, this, this is a part of the show. It, it's great to kind of bring those out and, and have some fun on a Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember another one, uh, Ducky Wilderge, you, you, you probably heard lots of Ducky's Tanton Wilderge's, uh, grandfather. He's in the, uh, hall of fame. Uh, he raced for a lot of years and helped out a lot of teams. He helped me out a lot and helped, uh, been a McKinnon's crew there, Darren McKinnon's crew for a long time. But, uh, we headed down to North Carolina here a number of years ago to, uh, the big uh, pass race they had in North, North Carolina. And, uh, we had a bunch of tools and equipment for Greg Proud. Greg went to go down. I took his car down to North Carolina there a couple of weeks beforehand. They would come back and picked up Ducky and we crossed the border at Callis and, uh, we we're just about to turn on to route nine and, he was sitting there in the passenger side and drinking a pop. He said, he looked over at me, he said, uh, he said, you know, young fella, he said, back when I was young, I used to be able to get to Bangor in an hour and 15 minutes, he said for me. <laughs> I, I said, is that right, Doc? I flat-footed the old uh, Duramax. And, you know, <laughs> we come into one of those little towns, the speed trap, I guess a little 50 or 60, I don't know what they called it. They're just a little community anyway. On came the lights behind a state trooper, pulled us over. And uh, anyway, Ducky looked at me. He, he figured we were going to jail. He said, this is going to be good. But anyway, I kept looking through uh, through the paperwork and stuff. And he came up to the window and he was on the registration insurance. Well, truck wasn't quite inspected. Registration ran out. Couldn't find my insurance card. And... Uh, Anyway, so I explained all this stuff as I was rumbling through everything, trying to find the insurance card, didn't have it. So cop was asking us questions where we're going over and go North Carolina racing. Oh yeah, when do you plan on being there? Well, we plan on being there tomorrow. We're driving right through. Oh, you do? He said, you actually think you're going to make it? Yeah, yeah, we're going to make it. So uh, anyway, he, uh, I, I figured we were going to come out of there with huge, huge fine and Anyway, the poor state trooper there, he was giggling and laughing so hard, he just threw my license back at me. He said, have a safe trip, boys. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to get, yeah, I thought we were going to be in jail after that. But anyway. So you didn't make the, the time crunch that Ducky put on you? Yeah, we did. We made the time crunch. Yeah, we made it down. And Ducky was impressed. We never got arrested, you know. Yeah, yeah a lot of fun. A lot of fun. This has been a blast here tonight. And for, for those that, that want more information at Oyster Bed Speedway, oysterbedspeedwaypei.com, all the socials. And uh, we should have more information tomorrow. I, I know I got to touch base with Wayne in the morning and uh, get all that information tied up in a bow and, and, and throw it on out there. So for those that are watching that street stock deal, uh, uh, watch the websites, watch, watch the racetracks for all the information. Robbie, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us. And uh, any That's final great. thoughts before we, uh, before we let you go? Thanks guys for everything you do. You guys are a big part of this too, all of you. So, so it's great. To, everything that you do, it's much appreciated. Well, we appreciate being a part of it. That's Robbie McLean, driver, driver at Oyster Bed potentially this year with some, yeah. with some races and, <laughs> we'll and all that see. fun stuff. And 
the uh, promoter at Oyster Bay Speedway. So uh, this has been fun, Denver. Uh, we're going to bring Mr. Uh, Dylan Langell on here one more time before we close this out. We're getting, we're getting close to closing this out because we've got uh, Paul Strickland Jr. has the uh, Trans Service Cup Series uh, coming up in just a few moments time. So uh, Dylan, your first time here doing this side of things. You'll be back Wednesday night for our uh, weekly iRacing series. What was your, uh, what was your thought of this first one? Oh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, the stories. I mean, man, we could have been here for probably five hours hearing stories between Craig, Richard, and Robbie. I mean, and we could just shoot the breeze about racing for a few more hours. So it's a lot of fun. Great to see the interaction. I know there's a few questions we didn't get to, but uh, hey, you know what? That just means we get to have them on another time where I can get those questions answered. A absolutely. And, and uh, an hour and a half flies by uh really quickly I, I know this was be only an hour show but we're, we're going a little bit over time so i want to thank paul strickland jr for uh for letting us do so denver final thoughts uh, uh we we kind of started after the first race or the first race first event that we did here first show and we kind of said who do we want on the show and we had a, a huge laundry list of, of people so uh as long as paul is back next week we'll do it all over again and uh, if, if you're if you're out there in facebook land and you want to see a guest on here and you want to hear some stories from a certain person just drop us a comment but uh, Denver uh, we're done for another week and uh, we get ready for uh, the next week big announcements coming up this week uh, obviously we mentioned the TCM weekly iRacing series on Wednesday so it's going to be a busy little week for being in the middle of February absolutely you know the days are getting longer Daytona has come and gone and uh, things are starting to get into full swing and before we know it May will be here hopefully we uh, we're on the track in May this year but uh, you know definitely the uh, the pots are being stirred now and uh, you know Tonight was a phenomenal show, you know, two back-to-back -back shows. We have our work cut out to uh, try to top it again next week, but uh, that's all in the fun of it. So, uh, you know, definitely great to see it. We had even more people engaged this week, like Dylan said. So uh, it's going to be fun next week. I don't know. We're going to have to start uh, trying to secure some guests already and see how we can top it. I, I think we've had, we've had Brent Roy, we've had Robbie McClain. We might have to get a Wayne Smith or maybe a Barry Richard or somebody on here to, to top that. Or maybe, maybe we'll get six pack. I know he's a very hard oh, okay. guy to get, but maybe we <laughs> might have to go track down Colin Olsen. Listen, does that involve karaoke? Cause if we do that, I think we will break records on Facebook. Barry, Barry does not have Paul's uh, information. He cannot but get I that do. video. I, no, I have I, that I video. <laughs> I, I, I know you do. And I know Brittany Hoyt does too. So we're going to keep yes. her out of that. But uh, no, this has been fun. Uh, thank you for watching us on Facebook. Uh, for Dylan Langell, and I, I didn't have his name down below. which you just saw. So I apologize for that. We'll get that picture for next week. For Dylan Langell, Denver Matchett, our, our guest Richard Salter, our en Enduro winner, our uh, Craig Sloan White, for Robbie McLean, for uh, Showtime Paul Strickland Jr. My name is Tim Terry. We'll see you Wednesday night for the TCM Weekly iRacing Series. And if you want some racing, you want some virtual racing, Trans Service Cup Series over at Vidane TV on their uh, Facebook page beginning in about uh, 25, 26 minutes or so. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week here on Tim's Corner Live. Bye.